Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Center Stage. All things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. There is so much happening in the state. Don't think of it as the Twin Cities metro area. It's all over the state. And I learned that uh, when the Steels went on a tour for our Christmas show, our Christmas season. And I tell you, there are so many entertainment places to go, so many um, uh, different theaters that are offering it. And Oh, it's just, it's wonderful. This is an amazing state when it comes to the arts, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Our first guest tonight, her name is Amelia Pedlow, and she's playing the role of Emma at the Guthrie Theater, starting, I believe, on June 18th and going through August. And she is joining us tonight to tell us all about this experience, the changes of it. And yes, she's playing the role of Emma Woodhouse. You know Jane Austen. This is just so exciting. Welcome, Amelia. Welcome to WCCO Radio. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. It's just great. How many times have you done Emma? I have only done Emma this once. We did start rehearsals, however, in March of 2020. So we only got about a week in before we shut down. And now the whole cast is back over two years later to pick up where we left off. Doesn't it feel just great? To be back? It feels, I mean, truly spectacular, moving, and just life-affirming. Really, really, really Life-affirming. Yep, I feel the same way. Now, you, um, as an actor, um, of course, you studied at Juilliard School, which must have been an amazing um, experience for you. Did you ever expect to be the lead in the the play, Emma? Um, I didn't, I mean, even uh, a part like this, um, it's such a gift. I feel like uh, a lot of shows I did right out of school, I was someone's girlfriend or a very sort of small piece of a couple of smaller scenes. And for uh, a woman in particular to have a, a play there where she's so center stage and featured and given so much voice and breadth and scope of character, which is really a tribute to our playwright, Kate Hamill, and these adaptations she's been writing um, of all these great novels. And it's powerful and surprising and messy and fun. And uh, I'm very grateful because I do think it's it's a more... Um, it's been a more recent trend that roles like this are written, especially for younger actresses, and they're just such a gift. <laughs> Yeah, you had a chance to actually work with Kate Hamill's uh, Pride and Prejudice um, at the primary stages. That must have been exciting as well. I love that piece as well. 
Oh, thank you. It was such a joy. That play and so many people had such a, such a special place in their hearts. And this was a very fun adaptation, a lot of farce. And um, it was just a very special world premiere with only eight actors. And we all got very close. And she was in the show as well as writing it. So it was just a very special experience all around. <laughs> now, I, I've been told that this is a very unique adaptation of Emma and that it will be easy for the audience to follow it and that sort of thing. That's always my biggest concern when you're talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my biggest, yeah, that's my concern. <laughs> and, and so now the people have kind of calmed me down and said, no, 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 you don't have to worry about that. It's going to be absolutely fabulous. That means I have to turn to the director, Meredith McDonough. And I can imagine how much joy she's had working on this. Tell me what that experience has been with, like with you and have you worked with Meredith before? Yes. So I had never worked with Meredith prior to the show. We had met socially and uh, she and I and a few others then uh, were here throughout most of the pandemic together, both in the housing provided by the Guthrie and Meredith ended up buying a house here. So we shared holidays in a bubble in a way that uh, we never predicted becoming so close as humans when this process started in 2020. But she really, her taste is going to be all over this. It is, she just has a ton of heart and uh, a very playful spirit. And so there's going to be some Lizzo material. There will be a makeover sequence to Material Girl and leather jackets and pumps. And then there will also be a lot of beautiful kind of moving work as well. So she just kind of, she loves to go everywhere and it really shows in this production. Well, thank goodness for pumps, honey. How do we do it without pumps, right? (laughs) (laughs) So you've been rehearsing, you've become a family. The cast has become a family now. And that's how it Mm -hmm. works in theater. When you're going to have great Mm -hmm. success with a piece, then you know that this has become a family. Um, And knowing Mm -hmm. that and experiencing that here in the Twin Cities, what has that been like for you? I mean, it's just, it's so important when you're out of town and if so many of us are away from our families and friends right now, that, that having potlucks together and, um, and going out and exploring and sitting on the river, having picnic, like just spending time like that together makes you feel when you're working out of town, uh, like you really kind of have a unit, a family and, and a group of friends. And that bleeds into the work, of course, because then you all feel so safe together on stage and playful. We now like to make jokes and tickle each other on stage. And that sometimes leads to things that stay in the piece because <laughs> we make each other laugh and right. something delightful happens. So it really is. It's, it's 10 of us in this company and just a, a really, really warm, playful, supportive group of people, which in a comedy like this is, is gold. It's really everything. It's <laughs> so magical. Well, I, I tell you, Minnesotans are very excited about this piece and that it will be opening very soon. Now, is the, the, the opening night, is it June 24th? It's like the opening night. We start. We do. We do start previous June eighteenth. So if ah, you want to come on the eighteenth, you'll see a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, and that's on the Wordle stage. Thank goodness. And I know it's just people yeah. are going to run to it. You know, it's it's amazing mm-hmm. how her books are so um, exciting for so many. So many of us have read them. We've watched all types of television shows and movies about it. Uh, but to play it mm-hmm. on a stage is completely different because now it it comes alive. It comes alive yeah. in our spirit. It comes alive in the moment. The joy of it. The the fun of it, all of that. So as you collect all of this in the rehearsals and you walk out of rehearsal, what's the first thing you think about? 
Uh, when I walk out of rehearsals, I, I am filled with a. Uh, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. It's a. It, it could be tiring. Yeah, <laughs> because exhausting. Because we run around nonstop in this production, and there is a lot of dancing and and a lot of talking. Kate breaks the. Kate, the playwright, um, has the characters break the fourth wall quite often and speak to the audience and play with the audience. So. That's a, it's a lot of energy that's required and focus. So sometimes I get out of rehearsal and I just want a burger and a big glass of wine and to kind of turn my brain off for a while. But uh, I, I am, you know, very filled with joy by this show. You go into rehearsal every day uh, to play in a world that is full of light and life and wit and, and heart. And, and that's such a pleasant experience right now um, to go into a space like that. It feels so safe and, and welcoming. So I I guess I hope people feel that way when they see it as well. (laughs) I know that they will. If there was one thing you want us to know about this piece, particularly because it has been changed in so many ways for people and they're going to love it. I've heard nothing but great things about it. Um, What is the one thing you would want us to know? I know that you guys have talkbacks after some of the shows. Um, I know that there's a night um, where they will um, have the play just for those who have challenges with hearing and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm really excited to know what would you want us to know about this piece? Why it's so important? Absolutely. And I had a friend who saw the Pride and Prejudice in New York City and said this as well, that uh, if you do go in expecting a, a very sort of BBC adaptation of, and nothing against the BBC at all, but a BBC adaptation of it, you might feel a little shocked when Boys to Men comes on in the opening number. But I would say, really? <laughs> Are you for real? Um, Seriously? Yes, yes, totally. That's awesome. (laughs) Only the Guthrie man. (laughs) It's awesome. It's so wonderful. So just, I would say, give in to the sense that the people making this um, are embracing the feeling behind the piece, which the characters, that world, the matchmaking, the love, the romantic comedy of it all, um, the way that we see it coming a mile away, but we're still along for the ride. Uh, Just embrace that it's all in the spirit of of all of that, not in any way, I don't know, a sacrilegious thing to the material at all. And, And honestly, for people who are devotees of the novel, she has put nuggets in there that you would never know what she's referencing, a character, an offhand character or an event, unless you know the books as well as you do. So there are nuggets for the diehards, and then there is an experience for people coming in who know nothing at all and just want to have a really fun summer experience with beautiful costumes. (laughs) My sister and I are looking forward to it. I can't wait to see it. I just cannot wait to see it. I can't wait to see you in it. And of course, I'm going to give out all the information. So I'm gonna let you go so you can rest. But thank you for joining us tonight. I'm so grateful to have you on Amelia. Thank you. Thank you. This is wonderful. Have a great rest of your night. (laughs) You too. I'll see you there. Take care. Okay. Bye. (laughs) That was Amelia Pedlow, and she is leading in Emma. And if you haven't heard about it at the Guthrie Theater, if you don't know anything about the books by Jane Austen, if you don't know 
um, exactly what this is all about. Go and see it. Even if you haven't read the book, go and see it. It's just, I know that this adaptation, at least in my body, I feel as though it's going to be amazing. I haven't heard anything bad. Usually, you know, we'll hear a little bit from here and there, but I'm just so excited about it. Now, again, the, the previews begin on June 18th. Now, this is opening on Friday, June 24th, and playing through Sunday, August 21st on the Wordle stage, of course, at the Guthrie. And um, they announced the cast and the creative team for Kate Hamill's world premiere adaptation of Jane Austen's classic novel uh, called Emma, directed by Meredith McDonough. I really want to meet her, by the way. Can I, 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 I hear that she's been doing this to a lot of those, you know, the books that we all know and love and you know, I, I just, I would love to talk to her and just ask her a couple of questions. So um, just go to Guthrie Theater. That's T-H-E-A-T-E-R, GuthrieTheater.org. You know it and love it. And just learn more about this and what the tickets are. Right now we're seeing that all of the performances range from $26 to $80. Uh, the tickets are on sale now through the box office. All you have to do is call them at 612-377-2224. Again, that's 612-377-2224. Or if you're out of the state and you want to call toll free. That number is 877-447-8243. Check it out, you guys. This adaptation um, for this season uh, is just so different, and that's what I've heard about it, Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well done, Joseph Hodge. Thank you so much, sir, artistic director, for bringing Emma to the stage again. It's it's important to us here in Minnesota. All right, everyone. Uh, We're going to take a break and come back with my next guest, which is (laughs) to talk about some of the people that are coming up and performing in different places. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. My goodness, welcome to Center Stage. All things arts and entertainment, we just believe you ought to know about it. And oh my goodness, we have a lot of stuff coming up. I want to tell you about my brother Fred and I are doing a show called Duos, Duets, and Pairings. And we do hope that you will come and check out some of the duets that you know and love and several that you don't may not know at all or the artists. And we are so looking forward to it. It will be an elegant night that is happening on July 14th. Again, that's July 14th at Crooners in the the uh, tent, the Belvedere tent. So if you uh, want to get your tickets, just go to Crooners MN. 
Com. Again, that's croonersmn.com. Also, the Dakota has some really great acts coming. Of course, on June 14th, as Mick Sterling presents Billy Joel with strings. So that's in a couple of days. On Wednesday, June 15th, Robert Robinson and Friends. He is doing it. And of course, his voice is still incredible. An evening of inspiration and song is what it's called. That starts at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, June 15th. On June 16th, Sophia Sharai Quartet. I hope I said that correctly. Sublime and Swing jazz vocals. That's at 7 p.m. again on the 16th. And there is so much more that is happening as well. I don't know if you've heard about some of the new shows that are happening at the Dakota as well. They are on sale right now. Um, You have, uh, I believe... June 19th, the Juneteenth celebration with Ginger Commodore, T. Michael Rambo, Jeff Jones, Charmin Michelle, and Dennis Spears. That's going to be smoking, powerful jazz and soul vocals. On British, um, British Blues Booster Extraordinary, I think it's Booster or Busker, forgive me, Jack Broadbent. Uh, that's on August 10th. That is coming up at the Dakota. Also, Kamasi, Washington, uh, August 26th through the 27th. They call it 21st Century Jazz Titaned. If you don't know him, he's popular, he's political, he's uncategorable, he's uncategorizable uh, jazz. And, and the New York Times really talks about him as well, so you can go and see that. Um, New York cabaret star Don DeRoe. Uh, it's called My Ship, Songs from 1941. That's happening on August 30th. And, of course, powerful, evocable vocals, uh, Sheridan Zuther, Songs from the Silo. That album release is going to happen on September 18th. So you've got crooners. You've got Hook and Letter. Oh, I should tell you about Hook and Letter. Soul of the South Side, Juneteenth Festival. That's the Legacy Building, First Independence Bank, the current, the Firehouse Pack presenting this. So you got the sponsors that are behind it. This is on June 19th, a day really after Juneteenth. It's on a Sunday, uh, June 19th, from 1 to 6 p.m. Uh, but we do hope you'll go and check that out as well. The tickets are free for that, by the way. On June 22nd, the Hook and Letter has Swipe Right. Queer Connections, R-I-R-L. Uh, there's a patio party edition. Again, that's at Hook and Ladder. Tickets are 14 to $20 and easy to get to their website. Just go to The Hook Minneapolis, and that's M-P-L-S, thehookmpls.com for more information on these shows. And by the way, the Minnesota Musicians Concert Series is also happening there at The Hook and Ladder, and that is on June 23rd. So just go to their website at the Dakota, at Crooners, and at Hook and Ladder, and just check out what they are having. Now, next week, I hope to talk a little bit about 318 Cafe and so many others, maybe smaller venues, to let you know some of the great music that is coming out of these venues. There is a lot to talk about. Um, I talked about my brother Fred and I on July 14th. And again, that is called duos, duets, and pairings. And so we're hoping to have some pairings like a white wine and a, and a, and a uh, dark wine, like a red wine. And so we're just really excited about presenting these songs. Many of these songs are songs he, he and I have never sung. Uh, not even the Steels have sung many of these songs, but we are so excited about it. So it is Gerlin and Fred Steele presenting this piece. And that is on July 14th. So I can't wait to see all of you there. It's going to be a really fun night. All right, Jonathan, we'll take a a break right now and come back with some weather in a moment. Welcome back, everyone, to Center Stage. All things arts and entertainment. You just got to believe about it. Let me tell you something. Jazz is still working in this 
great state of ours. It is so remarkable how many jazz artists from all over the world have come and gone, come and gone uh, here in the Twin Cities Metro and beyond. And I am so excited to talk with my next guest. Now, many of you know all about uh, the Twin Cities Jazz Fest, um, and it is uh, presented by AARP Minnesota. Well, joining us to talk about what is happening this year and how important it is to continue to have this every year. This is the 24th annual Twin Cities Jazz Festival, and it's going to be held on Friday, June 24th and Saturday, June 25th in St. Paul's Lower Town Arts District, where it's been for quite a while. And joining me to talk about it all is the founder of the Twin Cities Jazz Festival, Steve Heckler. Hey, Steve, you must be smiling. Hey, I am smiling. Well, I, I want to make sure you get that forecast for us, a good one. And so we want good weather. That's that's. How are it's you? gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm doing just great. I I can't tell you how excited I get when I hear about the Twin Cities Jazz Festival and to know that it's 24 years. Did you ever expect it to go this long? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> thrilled that uh, you know who does right when you when you uh, find something like this, you land it and uh, something that's good for the community, good for the musicians, and it just seems to be a good fit for 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 everyone and it's just i'm thrilled that we're still here we got through the last two years and we're thrilled to bring the event back the best thing is that it's free for those that have never been you have got to get your your chairs out there and and go hear some amazing music tell us about the the um, the lineup that's scheduled for this year Oh, yeah. Well, we're headlining. We have several great headlines. Of course, we have over 200, almost 300 Minnesota musicians are playing this festival. So that's a really thrill part. They're in over 28 different venues downtown St. Paul and throughout oh the uh, St. Paul area. So it's a great, you know, it's, it, it, you get to walk around the whole city. You get to be part of it. It's vibrant. Come on down. It's at the Mears Park on the Jazz 88 stage. We have a young kid, Matthew Whitaker. Uh, if you heard that, he's been on 60 Minutes several times. He's blind. Mm-hmm. And he's one of up and coming, fantastic B three player or B three organ player, and just s- superb. And we have a band coming from New Orleans, the Treme Brass Band, and Matthew Whitaker returns. Uh, excuse me, Emmett Cohen returns. Um, so it's just going to be a fantastic, a fantastic lineup. And is this uh, the ones that you just named? Are they all at Mears Park? Yes. Those okay. are on the main stage at Mears Park. And then, we, like I said, we had sta- music is throughout the entire city. You bring a lawn chair. I like, like that thought. That's a good, a good plan. Right. Uh, you, there's food trucks. There's, the beer is cold and the wine is great. So, I mean, just sit and enjoy uh, great, some great jazz. We have everything. Again, we have everything from big bands to different types of straight ahead. So, so different styles of music is out there. And it is free. All the events, it's free. It's all accessible, by the way. I get asked that a lot, so folks can get down and uh, uh, down there and enjoy the music. With any you know, accessibility is not going to be an issue for any of the venues we're at. So it's just a fun, fun, fun event to be at. You've got the new standards coming, the Minnesota Jazz Orchestra, and so many more. It's just going to be a great weekend. Again, this is June 24th and June 25th. You can always go online to the website at TwinCitiesJazzFestival.com and get all the information that you need. However, before I let you go, Steve, I need to know what has been the most challenging year for you. There were times when it rained. You know, there were times when it was really, really windy. But because you have so many different venues that are participating in this, I mean, my goodness, how many 
artists do you have this year again? <laughs> uh, there's going to be close to th- well, over 300 Minnesota musicians. We have headliners. Oh, it's just tremendous. You know, this is, again, going through the last couple of years, as always, you talk about challenges. You know, you don't know uh, when you're planning this what the plan's going to be. I mean, where are you going to land financially? Where are you going to land, uh, like every business out there probably, where are you going to land on this? And are there going to be restrictions? So you don't know how to, you know, but the last thing I want to do, I think the hardest thing was having to cancel, like several uh, canceled, and I had to call the bands and tell them you're not playing. That That's a tough thing to do. That's hard when you people make their living doing this, and all of a sudden you're telling them you're not going to play. That's what I was hoping to n- not do this year. And I'm, I'm, we're, fingers crossed that we're going to have a full-on event, and this is going to be absolutely fantastic. Do so they still get really paid even though they have problems with the event? Do they still get yeah. paid, the artists? Yeah, our artists. Yeah, we are. We, we were, which is great. As you know, we went virtually. We did the Jazz Fest live for over two years here, and we were able to support artists for over two years through that way, through the live That's streaming incredible. shows. Mm-hmm. So we were able to keep this thing going. But that I, I, we're really looking forward to this year, and I'm just we're just thrilled that we're able to pull off a, a an event like this uh, this year. And is this rain or shine? Oh yeah, if it rains, we're with the indoor stages. You know, this, usually storms are passing. You know. And uh, it'll be, um, it's rain and shine. The, the indoor stages will go. And once it stops raining, we all come back outside. <laughs> I just think it's great. That's what we are as Minnesotans. <laughs> we are used to all of that. And people really come out to this event. Twin Cities Jazz Fest. Again, this is happening, um, I believe, on June 23rd. There's a pre-festival show. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So Thursday, we have shows over at KJ's Hideaway, which is, uh, you know, where the Bucharest was. And, uh Taking over, and we have shows at Mears Park, the new standards, as you said, a partnership with Lower Town Sounds. And Friday and Saturday, June 24th and 25th, is uh, on the Jazz 88 main stages where the main stage is happening. And uh, we have a dance. Oh, by the way, come down to dance. We have a dance stage down there. So if you folks like to dance the entire day, two days just dancing. Hopefully you'll come down and dance with us, you know? Hey, let me tell you something. We're all standing up sometimes dancing in our seats. So, uh, you know, it's going to be amazing. Tell me about the sponsors, though, because one thing about Minnesota, I mentioned this earlier in the hour, is that we have so many people, so many Minnesotans that support the arts. Tell me about your sponsors. Oh, yeah. Well, well, it's it's tremendous what the sponsors, and also individuals, too. I wanted to not... You know, give a shout out to everyone that supported this. But Jazz 88 is, you know, has stepped up. AARP Minnesota, as you mentioned earlier. And of course, Excel, RBC, and the Highway uh, Credit Union. Man, I can go on a great clip. Summit Brewery, uh, you know, Summit has been with us almost since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the Viking is coming this year, which is great. The Viking Cruises, you know, coming up to, we're going to have, cru- you can take our cruise out to New Orleans, you know. You're going to do yeah, that right. one? <laughs> 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 I think that'd be kind of fun. I don't know. And then uh, also, uh, just again, a shout out to all the uh, 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 people that have made donations. We're at five. We're a five hundred one c three. And if I haven't told you, we have over a hundred youth performing at this festival. Oh, that's we awesome! Partnered with, we've partnered with Walker West, McPhail, and uh, Jazz in Minnesota, and it's just been. We're gonna have a full day of music. They're gonna be on a, a whole stage of youth performers. So. That, that really thrills us because without the young people coming up and doing this, you know, doing the art form, it goes away. You know, well, what's the point yeah. of doing it? We have to we have to inspire our youth into this and into music. So jazz still matters. Why do you think it still matters? Well, it's an American art form. Jazz is America's art form. It started here, started in America. You know, 
get into the whole story on that. But it matters because it's who we are as people. Jazz gets us through hard times, right? And music gets us in general through hard times. And I think people come down to see a free jazz festival are going to feel good. That It's inspiring that we can move forward. Things can, you know, things will get better. And I think without arts and music and it's part of our culture. It's who we are as people in this country. And I think we need to support it. I found an article about this, and it says it is improvisational music touted for the freedom it permits its players. And it does. It really does. I mean, mm-hmm. the players get to do and try out things that others don't try in other genres of music. But it says in the article, but in its heyday was largely composed of tightly arranged songs. It tells a story about race in America, which I, I was surprised about right. that. Not only because African-American musicians were so central in its creation and African-American audiences so important in their creative responses to it but because whites played such a dominant role in its dissemination through records and performance venues and its ownership as intellectual and artistic property. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's hundred percent. I mean, jazz is formed, but African-Americans created this art form. And, uh, and absolutely. I think it's, it's everyone appreciated what, what, what has been created here and continues to appreciate what has happened here. And yeah, to your point of music, there are, it's very, it's a lot of a lot of musicians approach it differently. There are some, even today, very tightly. <laughs> is that how you worded it in the article? Very tightly, you know, in the bound kind of thing, like a lot of the instruments are. But and a lot of musicians, if you come down to the festival, will be exploring. You know, like an artist will be painting something on the spot. You know, so an artist will hear something, and one band member will hear something, and they'll improvise with each other. And that's kind of the fun part of listening to you. You sit and listen to something that's never been done before. They're not always, you know, when you come to a jazz festival, they're not always on the chart. You know, they're not reading note for note. For, they're improvising. So what you are hearing is something very different than, you, than if the band played the day before. It's really cool. Yeah. And finally, uh, there are so many different instruments that have been used in jazz. And I wonder if that is still growing. It used to be that, you know, you knew there was a a keyboardist or a pianist. You knew there was a bassist, a guitarist, a drummer or a percussionist. You knew there was horns somewhere. But there have been other instruments that have really been introduced into jazz over the last, you know, 50 years. And it's still growing. You know, young people are trying out all sorts of things. So I'm, I'm curious to see if there's a group that you hire that maybe is uniquely different this time well you have so like a marimba is coming in this year i've not had a marimba player before doing this playing <laughs> right. over at the dark horse and you know it's kind of a very unique kind of uh, unique uh, kind of uh, thing like that <laughs> and you know and and she just picked up uh picked up uh you know there's a lot of vibes you see an in instrument you know like lionel hampton those kind of things but i have not right. i've seen it but not 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 here someone doing that um uh, you know, harmonica, of course, has been around for a while, but it's, it's just interesting to interesting to hear how it weaves into the jazz form. And we have it's stylistically. We have everything from hot club, you know, the Django, right, right, right. Django, oh, yeah, Django, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so you have that style, and uh, then you get the B three organ style, and then we have a lot of vocals like Ginger, Ginger's playing, and Sarah Greer, you know, Sarah M. Greer. Those kind mm-hmm. of vocalists will perform, and uh, so it's very unique. And every, I think each person watching it identifies differently again i use the art analogy but you know you see a painting you like it and, and the next person next to you says i hate it <laughs> and uh, and then you go into another place and you see something it's the exact opposite that's what it is to jazz it's it, it's a lot of it you'll you identify with and you understand it a lot 
Well, sometimes you don't. But that's the point of having so many venues, uh, being able to find things that, that, that you identify with. And I hope that people come down. Um, oh, they'll come. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll come. The 24th Annual Twin Cities Jazz Festival. Oh, yeah, we'll come. And it's presented by AARP yeah. Minnesota. It will be held on Friday, June 24th and Saturday, June 25th in St. Paul's Lower Town Arts District. Steve, it's always great to have you every year to talk about the Twin Cities Jazz Festival. Congratulations on all the artists that you were able to, to book, and we look forward to being a part of it. We're grateful that you have us on your show, and thank you so much. We really very you, appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care of yourself, Steve. Be safe. You, you too. You too. All right. Okay, everyone, we're going to take a break and come back with our last interview in just a moment. As we wrap up this hour with our last guest, I'm very excited because I know her, I love her, and I, I am just excited that she started this brand new theater in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, and it's called New Dawn Theater Company, and it is quite remarkable. Many of the uh, members of it, many of you know from Re- Regina Marie and Thomasina and so, so many more, um, to know that Austin has done this and really um, with her hands absolutely full, but it has been successful. I am so excited to introduce to many um, the Austin van that I know. And the play that is coming up for New Dawn is called In the Next Room, or you can call it the Vibrate, the Vibrator play. So <laughs> she's joining us now. Hey, sister girl. Hi, Geraldine. How are you? And you know what? This is actually Yellow Tree Theater's production. I'm the artistic oh. director of Yellow Tree as well. But, uh, so, but New Dawn did co-produce Passing Strange with Yellow Tree. So. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I am so sorry. Confusing. Thank you that's for correcting okay. me. That's right. New Dawn and then there's Yellow Tree. So this is a Yellow Tree production. They have always done yes. really great work. And um, to know that this piece is by um, Sarah Rule, I had a chance to read about her as a playwright. Really quite remarkable yes. bio. Yes, and I'm just curious to know why this was chosen for Yellow Tree. Uh, this was chosen for Yellow Tree because I, I actually performed in it in two 2012 at Jungles Theater, and I just found it to be, as you say, a remarkable play about uh, women's ownership and relationships. And it's a comedy, but it's dramatic, and it's just touching and gorgeous and witty and all of those things. And I thought the Yellow Tree audience, uh, plus our, our greater metro area, would enjoy this particular play because of the themes. Um, and because of how well written it is, you know, each character um, and and uh, what the play is about. It's it's not as salacious as it sounds. It is a little titill- titillating. But <laughs> when you come to see it, you'll understand exactly what we mean. I think I just think it's a gorgeous play, Geraldine. Yeah, this, you know, what I'm interested about is what was written in the press release that said it's for adults with open hearts and open minds. Tell me why. Yeah, it is. Um, I actually had a patron come into Yellow Tree and said, I don't know about this. I don't know the subject matter. And I I was arrested for a hot second. I said, well, why? She said, well, the title. I said, I, I do know. But if you read the review, you would see that um, everything is tastefully done. And the device to get uh, the characters talking and revealing themselves is... Uh, like an, an 1880s vibrator that was invented by uh, Dr. Giddings, one of the uh, characters in the play, one of the main characters in the play. But it's not really about that. 
It's about how people have covered up, how people um, haven't been liberated enough to be able to speak about their needs, to be able to speak about relationship, to be able to speak about their independence and love and communication. Um, and it's all done in, 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 in a very funny way, uh, but it's tastefully done. You know, we've been hearing more about plays that are coming forward to challenge us, right? To make us look yeah. inside of something that we not, our eyes don't want to, to, to see. And so it really helps us grow. There's no doubt about that. But did you put an yeah. age or did Yellow Tree say, hey, we need to, you know, say, hey, this is not appropriate for a 10-year-old or it's not appropriate for a five-year-old? Where does it start? Yeah, I think, I think I would be, I would be remiss if I did, if I didn't say that, you know, high school students would probably giggle, you know, just just at the title. So I, I would say it's it's more the themes are more for adults, um, but there's nothing in there that I would say it's PG-13. That's what I would say. Still, yeah. if a 13 year old came, they would giggle or maybe not know exactly what's going on. Um, right. They would understand the, the other themes of the show, but that would kind of is what I think. Well, it says also that what what this piece really means is um, what it means to honestly love. And this has been a real challenge. We've had couples during this pandemic that have had major challenges. Divorce went up, that sort of thing. And so this really is a time for us to really look into that. What does it mean to honestly love in today's pandemic, in today's times? I think it's, well, I think in our lifetimes, just period, um, we... To be able to communicate and to be able to trust that your feelings and your thoughts and your emotions are going to be held, um, held like treasures. You're going to be listened to and loved in a custom fashion. Um, women, of course, we know that we have been treated like second-class citizens. We've been treated like chattel. We've been treated like uh, we, people have owned us. And so for uh, so many years, we haven't been able to own our own bodies in a sense, or not, not haven't been able to, but there has been a fight to be able to do that. Um, and, and I think when, when those challenges come about um, and you're not, you don't have a certain type of freedom, then it's harder to have a relationship. And right. if you're not seen by your partner, you're not truly seen or valued or, um, and that, that becomes the problem. That becomes the problem. I want to make sure we give out the information. Uh, tickets are $27 for Wednesday and Thursdays, $31 for Friday and Saturday evening and $29 for Saturday and Sunday matinee. Again, if people want information, where do they go? Um, they can go to yellow tree theater. Theater is with an R E at the end.com. Yellow tree theater. T-R-E at the end dot com. Austin, it's yes. always a pleasure. You Thank take care you of yourself. Sarah. I'm coming. You I'm too. coming. I'm okay. just telling you, I'm coming. <laughs> I love Let you, honey. So I can hug your neck. <laughs> oh, you got it. You got it. Bye okay. now. Thanks, everyone, for Center Stage. The Mom and Michael Hour is next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 